section thirty of edmund dantes this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org edmund dantes by edmund flagg chapter twenty eight captain joliet's love in a small cosy and elegant suite of apartments in a mansion on the rue des capucines resided mademoiselle louise d'armilly and her brother leon as has already been stated the celebrated cantatrice had retired from the boards in consequence of having inherited a fortune of several millions of francs from the estate of her deceased father who rumour asserted had been a very wealthy parisian banker leon had abandoned the stage simultaneously with his sister who had invited him to share her suddenly acquired riches for strange to say the banker had not bequeathed to him a single sou the immense inheritance had been a complete surprise to mademoiselle d'armilly and for some time she had hesitated to accept it as a condition imposed by the will was her immediate withdrawal from her operatic career and the prima donna was as ambitious as gifted but finally she had yielded to the persuasive eloquence of the notary and the earnest entreaties of her friends cancelling all her engagements and with them abandoning her bright professional future the director of the academie royale demanded a large sum to release the artiste from her contract with him and this was paid by the notary with an alacrity that seemed to suggest he was not acting solely according to the directions of the will but was influenced by some personage who chose to remain in the background the notary also paid all other demands made by the various operatic managers who claimed they would lose by mademoiselle d'armilly's failure to appear these amounts were not deducted from the legacy a circumstance that gave additional colour to the supposition that the will of the deceased banker was not the sole factor in the celebrated cantatrice's good luck one evening shortly after paris had again quieted down mademoiselle d'armilly was seated in the little apartment that served her as a salon and with her was her brother leon the contrast between the pair seemed intensified in private life louise had that dark imperious majestic beauty usually possessed by brunettes her figure was full and finely developed her black eyes had the deep intense fire of passion and her faultless countenance glowing with health and loveliness indicated at once firmness decision and caprices without number leon on the contrary was delicate and feminine in appearance he had exceedingly small feet and hands and a single glance at his strikingly handsome face was sufficient to convince any experienced judge of human nature that he possessed a mild and yielding disposition the young man bore not the remotest family likeness to his sister and it was difficult to realize that they could be in any way related leon quitted his sister and going to a piano that stood in one corner of the apartment softly opened it and commenced lightly running his fingers over the keys then he seated himself at the instrument and played an air from lucrezia borgia with brilliancy and effect that only a finished performer could attain at the first notes louise arose and approaching the piano stood beside the player her eyes sparkling with appreciation and delight so absorbed were the brother and sister that they did not hear a soft knock at the door and only at the conclusion of the air 
did they realize that a visitor was in the apartment leon sprang from the instrument in confusion behaving like a startled girl but mademoiselle d'armilly with perfect self-control turned to the newcomer and said in a tone of mingled coquetry and merriment so so captain joliette your military career has accustomed you to surprising the enemy to such an extent that it has become second nature with you and you cannot avoid carrying your favourite tactics even into private life captain joliette for it was indeed he bowed and answered with a smile you must allow me solemnly to protest against classing yourself and your brother with the enemy you are both of you very dear friends especially louise said leon with a sly look and a pretty little ringing laugh leon leon when will you learn wisdom exclaimed mademoiselle d'armilly a blush mantling her visage and adding to its voluptuous beauty never i suppose returned her brother still laughing but i am already well acquainted with the value of discretion and therefore will withdraw as he uttered those words leon kissed the tips of his fingers to louise and joliette and lightly ran from the salon when he had disappeared the captain folded mademoiselle d'armilly in his arms and kissed her tenderly upon the forehead oh louise said he enthusiastically i love you more and more every day the former artiste gently disentangled herself from his embrace and smiling archly led him to a chair then she sat down upon another at a short distance from him no no said joliette warmly come and sit beside me on the sofa even leon sees that i adore you and all my friends in paris are aware that i am seeking your hand in marriage why will you be so formal and distant with me she arose and did as he requested joliette seated at her side put his arm about her waist louise did not resist but still maintained an air of coquetry that was displeasing to the ardent young soldier albert she said in a low musical voice do you indeed love me as you say love you louise cried joliette i would lay down my life for you are you quite sure you love me for myself and not because of the resemblance you say i bear to the woman you once so ardently admired what was her name ah eugenie danglars said she looking at him with a piercing gaze quite sure louise quite sure besides mademoiselle danglars has disappeared has not been seen or heard of for several years and no doubt is dead and yet you do not mourn for her how strange i never loved her as i love you louise eugenie danglars was a capricious and eccentric girl and had she lived would have been a capricious and eccentric woman it was well for me she vanished when she did but by the way another singular and inexplicable coincidence is that louise d'armilly the name you bear was also the name of mademoiselle danglars music-teacher i cannot understand it at all there is no necessity for you to understand it anyhow it is a coincidence as you say nothing more well louise let us speak no further about either the resemblance or the coincidence suffice it that i love you and you alone that i love you for yourself your words make me very happy albert replied mademoiselle d'armilly and her full red lips looked so luscious ripe and alluring that joliette could not resist the temptation to bestow a long burning kiss upon them 
be my wife then dearest louise cried the captain and i will prolong your happiness until death shall strike me down ah albert men are so fickle they become infatuated with women and declare and no doubt think they could pass their lives at their charmer's feet but possession dulls the lustre of the brightest jewel and the devoted lover is speedily replaced by a careless if not faithless husband who instead of making his wife happy as he has sworn to do forsakes her side to bask in the smiles of sirens it will never be so with me my own my love protested joliet kissing her again and again i swear it i know the value of a lover's oath albert murmured louise with a meaning look when i was the brightest operatic star of the day many of them were breathed in my ear but they were trifles light as air forgotten as soon as uttered besides should i consent to become your wife you would be forced to leave me in france and return to africa in obedience to the call of duty the lovely women of algeria are prodigal of their beauties and endearments and under the spell of some subtle arab enchantress you would either forget poor louise d'armilly altogether or remember her only as a clog upon your pleasures and amorous delights nay nay you wrong me among all the dusky sirens of algeria there exists not one who could make me forget you for a single instant they are brazen shameless women who love with a recklessness and boldness that can only disgust a frenchman but they can dazzle even a frenchman render him delirious with passion and ere he is aware weave a web around him through which he cannot break my heart tells me you are as susceptible to feminine wiles as the rest of your countrymen and that perhaps you have already had half a dozen love affairs in algeria oh louise louise it grieves me to the soul that you can thus doubt me give me a chance to prove my love and you shall be more than satisfied that i can be loyal and true mademoiselle d'armilly gazed at him with a singular expression on her dark beautiful countenance it thrilled him to the very marrow of his bones and caused his arm that was about her waist to tremble violently at that moment the former cantatrice resembled eugenie danglars more than ever her breath was hot and convulsive as it struck his cheek and a faint suspicion that all was not right that she was playing a role with him shot across his mind for the first time with this suspicion came jealousy and releasing her waist he said in a gasping tone you have another lover louise a lover you prefer to me am i not right mademoiselle d'armilly laughed a short nervous laugh and answered in a voice that seemed to mock him i have had hosts of ardent admirers in my time do you refer particularly to any individual i know not i am beside myself with passion for you and the mere fancy that another man may have the first place in your heart is unbearable to me but there is one conclusive way in which you can prove my suspicion my jealousy groundless marry me albert replied louise with a renewal of the singular expression of countenance that had so agitated him i shall never marry any one i cannot i dare not the young man was startled as if by an electric shock he drew back and gazed at her with wide-opened eyes speechless from astonishment after a brief pause mademoiselle d'armilly continued in a dry hard tone you do not understand me and i cannot expect you to for i can neither tell you my motives nor lay bare my sad history to you you must be content with my decision i shall not marry
captain joliette strong man as he was could not control his emotion he buried his face in his hands and groaned aloud the young woman gazed at him half pityingly half triumphantly she felt compassion for her stricken lover but above all gloried in the overwhelming power of her charms that could so subdue a manly victorious young soldier and make him her helpless slave is there then no shadow of a hope at length asked joliette in a hoarse whisper not the shadow of a hope replied mademoiselle d'armilly firmly you can be my friend my brother if you will but never my husband the young man recoiled in horror at the suggestion that seemed to be conveyed by this permission what do you mean by friend he asked a cold shiver passing through him louise laughed a short nervous laugh and looking him full in the eyes replied you know what i mean i love you better than any man i ever met save one captain joliette slowly arose to his feet and stood staring at her his passion and his scruples waging a bitter battle within him for the mastery the temptress half reclined on the sofa a miracle of seductive grace and voluptuous beauty he moved toward her as if to seize her in his arms then suddenly checking himself he asked with a convulsive gasp and that man that one was separated from me for ever through the vile machinations of that mysterious and cold-blooded fiend the count of monte cristo the count of monte cristo exclaimed the young man lost in amazement yes the count of monte cristo who afterwards disappeared from paris and has not since been heard of you mistake the count of monte cristo is in paris now he calls himself edmond dantes and is the celebrated deputy from marseilles over whom everybody has gone wild for some time past mademoiselle d'armilly's eyes flashed with fury then i will have my revenge upon him at last she cried i will amply repay him for introducing the so-called prince cavalcanti into my father's house and thus breaking off the match between albert and myself albert yes albert de morcerf now eugenie danglars i know you and it is useless for you to attempt the denial of your identity longer the young woman leaped up from the sofa with terror pictured upon her visage and seizing captain joliette by the arm with a powerful grasp cried out and how pray do you know i am eugenie danglars you unwittingly betrayed yourself by revealing the names of monte cristo and cavalcanti besides eugenie look at me well i am albert de morcerf with a wild cry the retired prima donna sank back upon the sofa you albert de morcerf she exclaimed i cannot believe it but my mother the former countess de morcerf who is now the wife of edmond dantes will vouch for my identity the young woman passed her hand across her forehead as if dazed if you are albert de morcerf you must despise me after what has taken place this evening she said bitterly despise you no i pity and forgive you albert said she softly come here and sit beside me on this sofa i have something to say to you the soldier obeyed when he was seated he said eugenie why did you tell me i could be your friend simply because i have long suspected your secret and wished to ascertain the real nature of your feelings toward me 
you not only resisted a terrible temptation the most terrible temptation to which a young ardent and passion-smitten man can be exposed but by your honour conclusively established the purity and sincerity of your love o oh, albert albert are you satisfied with my explanation and do you still think me worthy of you my own eugenie my happiness is far too great for words murmured the delighted young man gathering his beautiful companion in a warm embrace and repeatedly kissing her ripe lips and blushing cheeks it was soon known throughout paris that captain joliette and albert de morcerf were identical and that mademoiselle d'armilly was in reality no other than mademoiselle eugenie danglars daughter of baron danglars the once famous and opulent parisian banker the report also was current that albert and eugenie were engaged and would shortly be united in the bonds of matrimony another bit of gossip was to the effect that the former cantatrice's brother leon was not a man but a woman in short the real louise d'armilly who had loaned her name to eugenie danglars and assumed male attire solely for professional purposes this story was speedily confirmed for leon soon vanished and in his place appeared a most attractive and fascinating lady who very quietly assumed or rather resumed the name of louise d'armilly still another rumour was that the wealth so strangely inherited by the former prima donna was not a legacy at all but a gift from the mysterious count of monte cristo who had thus striven to make amends to the daughter for the misfortunes he had while pursuing his scheme of wholesale vengeance so remorselessly heaped upon the head of the father End of section thirty